Welcome back to Brisky Business. And we're getting ready to start segment three, which is Brisk Bulls and Bears, the public market segment. And I'm having the greatest time talking with a 40-year friend, someone I met in college who actually is doing so, so well in his life, in his world, and has started a new business called uh, KPI, which he has now founded and is the CEO. So let's bring uh, Dave Kubek back onto the program. So Dave, your, um, your career is always on the cutting edge right in that in the entertainment media space. So that has given you kind of a distinct advantage, I think, or at least you created an advantage of leveraging what you could see uh, or uh, see the future almost because of ad space. And you've kind of dovetailed that into an interesting investment strategy. Why don't you tell us about that? Yeah, Brisk. Uh, the uh, the whole media space is obviously uh, primarily about bringing clients great ideas and telling them how to spend their money to advertise to consumers. And so as things start to pop up, like a Facebook or a Google or a Twitter or a Instagram, clients want to know all about those. You know, how do I use those? I keep reading about those. And I think because I spend so much time with clients and have over the last couple of decades, um, I'm often hearing things that they're getting excited about before it's all over the press. Um, it's hardly insider information. It's just part of understanding the buzz that's going on in, in the marketplace. So um, I have not made a lot of investments, individual investments. I'm very comfortable with a broad portfolio, as, as I think we all are. But I have seen opportunities where I worked with a client, and I saw there, I saw if eight clients all of a sudden were interested, in what can I do on Snapchat? Hmm. On Snapchat IPOs, I want a piece of that because I can feel that buzz. Um, I was doing a ton of work with Ford, and when the whole automotive industry collapsed back in, in eight, um, Ford didn't take a bailout, and the other two did. And Ford was, I knew the Ford management team, I knew they had great new vehicles coming out, and I said, there's just no way they're going to get buried like the other guys. And, and so all of a sudden, Ford, you know, roared back when, when the market improved. So been very, very lucky. I, I think other people have been very lucky in those accounts, too, because as you read that Twitter is uh, responsible for the whole Arab Spring, you know, uh, uh, that, that began in Egypt, you're like, hey, this might be something to pay attention to. But the media business gave us a little bit more insight, at least me a little bit more insight with some high-level clients about where their radar is starting to go. And, you know, you brought up something interesting because it's not, you know, everyone's so afraid insider trading. This is not insider trading at all. That's when you get it. This is insider knowledge. This is a feeling. This is like you're learning on the right. front end. You're way out in front. But then you still have to have the courage and use your intuition to say, hey, do I want, do I believe in this enough to put my money into its stock? And uh, you've had some other pretty interesting clients that have done pretty well in the public markets. I, I want to say uh, Netflix is, is one. Potentially, yeah. Netflix, you know, boy, we all remember when our when our moms were getting DVDs delivered in the mail with a Netflix return envelope. <laughs> and as soon as Reed Hastings said, "I think I'm going to do something that will allow me to distribute movies uh, uh, over the web," I was like, "Oh boy, he's on to something." And I, and a lot of people said, oh, like "Google and Apple, they're going to eat his lunch." He got in first. He got in fast. He got tremendous investment. And, uh, yeah, that has been an insane investment over the years. Yeah, and there's been a bunch more. So, uh, you know, good on you that you're, uh, you were smart enough and astute enough to look at uh, the knowledge you were given, the privilege of that knowledge as clients. And then, actually, if you think about it, really invest in your clients. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's, it's, and it's a, great, it's a great, as you said, it's great to invest in people that you're working with. It's a true sh show of faith. You know, any, anytime you invest in a company that 
you know someone or a company you do business with and you really believe it's a great investment, that speaks well for the relationship. Really. And then, obviously, from a public market standpoint, you uh, you were there, NCMI. I mean, you found another company that was really quite cutting edge, and you were there when they rang the bell on NASDAQ as well, weren't you? Yeah, what a great time. 2007 and, and, and Brisk, I've been fortunate enough to, to be on that NASDAQ tower two times, you know, once with my company and, and quite honestly, once with yours. Um, it's, it's a beautiful feeling and a very special and humbling feeling. Uh, but we knew that uh, we knew we had something that AMC and Regal and Cinemark were really behind and the flurry of activity to learn more about our business model happened much faster than we expected. So after after launching in 02 and thinking we had a 10-year one way to get there in in seven the market was ripe um at that point and uh and we jumped in and it was a, a tremendous feeling and i learned so much i can say I, I was not a business major nor do i have an mba i got an mba preparing for that ipo that was an incredible learning experience with, with all the bankers and analysts and our CFO that I was working with. And then uh, those of us that have uh, been on the public side and get the joy of ringing that bell, which is an amazing experience, uh, things change when we walk out of NASDAQ or out of New York Stock Exchange, don't they? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that glory day lasts for about a day. <laughs> and, every, and everybody says, oh, that's amazing, you took it pub public and now like the world is your oyster. Nope, nope. Every quarter, I got to get completely undressed for uh, for first the board and then the analysts, and uh, and it, it changes it changes your entire strategy of how you manage, particularly in our our company, in a sales company, what you're managing towards. You're managing towards what the analysts want to see. You're managing towards whether we're going to lower or raise our guidance. You're not really managing towards hitting the goals, which is how your people get paid their full commission, their full bonuses. So it's a, it's it's, a, it's wearing two hats for sure once you move into that public realm. It's exciting as hell, but I, I will say, if I had my druthers, I would have taken us back private. Well, yes, you're giving us a little freedom. bit a little bit of tip then. I mean, obviously, you've retired from uh, NCMI, and now you've started your own media matchmaking company, which I love. I just love that tagline. I think it says exactly what it is. Why don't you uh, tell us about KPI? I think you've already tipped us off. There's probably no vision there for going public. You've already uh, talked a little bit about the downside of that, or not even downside, but the challenges of that. And then also, you've been talking about keeping things like a boutique, which that doesn't go real well with public opportunity. Right. So talk about KPI and its mission. Yeah, you, you hit it, Brisk. It's, I, I want this to be something that I'm completely involved in all the time. I don't want to have a staff of 100 people. I want to have my hands into every deal we do. Now, as we grow, clearly I won't be able to do every piece of the work, and then there will need to be a staff that, that builds up and creates marketing materials, etc. But the whole feel is that if, if a client says, I trust Dave, he's always brought me good ideas over the last 30 years, and I want to support him in this new opportunity, and I bring them great ideas that they know I'm intimately involved with and handling, that's exactly what I want. And that doesn't, as you say, that doesn't scale particularly well, and it certainly doesn't generally become an IPO model. Could 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 be a could be a, a takeover, you know, buyout model down the road. We'll see how that goes. It probably will make a lot of sense as a takeover model, absolutely for sure. If I know you, my friend, I mean, people are always looking to get in bed with media moguls. So, I, you know, I think you're going to be there to make it happen. And I think really, are you allowed to say that? <laughs> I think what we really need to talk about is you making your first hire and that person over your uh, right shoulder there, I think, would be uh, would be willing to work fairly cheaply. Torching at arms. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man, that's cool. You know what I found interesting when you were talking about the boutique? 
nature, how things come full circle. It's really, really interesting. You know, we, we watched retail started on Main Street, all the little shops, right? Then it went into big boxes started to develop. Then malls started to develop. Now we're watching the crumbling, literally, of big box and malls. But it's interesting how it's circling back around and we're hearing words like experiential. So we had to pull out a new word and experiential yeah. retail. What was Main Street? <laughs> <laughs> Touching and feeling the product, I know. Yeah, it was experiential retail, right? So, I mean, it really was. It was just, you know, it, it doesn't sound cool to say Main Street anymore, so we talk about that. So it's interesting that you're bringing back boutique, and uh, you got about a minute left to give your, uh, your best, uh, best foot forward on the type of partnerships you're looking for and the clients you're going after with KPI. Yeah, sure. Um, as I said, we, we see, uh, you know, uh, the group of partners I want to put together will be a group that are hitting areas that I think are very interesting, but not well used or underserved. So, and as I mentioned, music is a great, every brand, almost every brand, unless you're in like the pharmaceutical category, is, is, is trying to figure out how do we leverage music to take advantage of a young audience, to build a relationship with a young audience. And yet, a lot of them do it very poorly. You know, just putting a Who commercial, a Who, uh, a Who soundtrack in your commercial is not using music. So building programs around music, I love. Esports, I love. Uh, there's a whole new business that started in virtual events uh, that can be incredibly interactive but take place virtually. All kinds of interactive games that you can be playing with people on the web while you're at a conference that used to take place in a room with 20,000 people. That may be a short-term play. I have a feeling it may be a longer-term play than we think, and so I, I love that area. And there'll be three other categories, three at most other categories, that, and those will be the that will be the stable of experts in the KPI pool. And Perfect. those will be the ones that when you need a connection, Mr. Kia, Mr. T-Mobile, Mr. Miss, Miss, uh, you know, Miss TJ Maxx, we will have a partner for you. And a great that is awesome. And I love it. Time to kind of slow it down a little bit, sit back, have a cup of coffee. My wife actually did pick out this coffee cup. She thought that would resonate with your heart. It says, difficult roads often lead to beautiful destinations. So she picked that out for you. And, uh, you know, when we get to see you soon, uh, you can talk to her about that choice of uh, coffee mugs. But I think it's uh, very, very true. Love it. Okay, my, my friend, uh, this is about mentorship, and I know it's always been important to you. Let's talk about giving uh, the listeners some of your perspective on the role of mentorship. Sure. Mentorship, um, I think, has, has taken a much more prominent role in business, which is great. There are formal mentoring programs. When young people join a company, they're assigned to a more senior leader as a formal mentor. Um, that didn't exist when, when we started out in business, but we already knew uh, from being kids and watching our parents and learning from them, and then becoming parents and making sure our kids were seeing the best examples set for them, mentoring is going on all the time. It's going on subconsciously. It's going on in almost every action that takes place in the workplace. So to me, uh, we referenced it a little bit earlier, if you're a manager and you are always there in the trenches with the troops and you're not the, the last one in the morning or, or the first one out at night, that sets an example. If you show that you have the compassion to say you're having a tough day for a variety of other reasons, best for you to go home right now. We got this covered. Go, go home. Take care of your dog. Take care of uh, your, your mom, whatever's going on. Um, those are such simple examples that you'd think anybody would do. But, but the more that you do those day in and day out, people say, oh, okay, 
that that's the way I want to be. You know, when I get to when I get to a point where I'm getting to manage people. The other part of mentoring is obviously, and it was huge for me. You do find those one or two people that are just so good at what they do. When I worked in that agency, I just had the most brilliant media director that I was fortunate to get hired to work with. And I glued myself to that person. I watched every way that he put together a presentation, how he delivered it, uh, the, the creative ideas he was coming up with. So it's a very proactive thing when you're young to go find those smart people and make sure that you volunteer to do every project with them you can. Um, in, uh, in my last company, uh, we didn't have an internship program uh, until about six or seven years ago. And myself and one of the persons started it up because we'd gotten to a size where we felt that it was uh, inexcusable that we weren't bringing in five to ten young people over the summer uh, to help them understand what the media business is about and what really happens. And we got them deeply involved. There was, there was no copying going on in that internship. They were out on sales calls and they were building marketing presentations. So... You know, you have two daughters, I have three daughters. We grew up as parents uh, knowing how important it is uh, to set the examples, to give people those experiences. And as people say, business and, and, and home are very different. I think there's a whole ton of overlap in the way that you operate as a person. Ah, oh, man, those are really strong words. Thank you for sharing them. You know, I know one of the things that you're very excited about, getting the, some time freedom back uh, with KPI to kind of put some of that time, not always pleasing the analysts necessarily, to put it in maybe things at this point in your life that matter. And I noticed, and I read about it, I was really proud of you, but uh, I noticed that you were able to uh, join, and I th think it's going to be a wonderful contribution, but you were added uh, to uh, the board of... Uh, of Cure Search, and I'm sure that's going to take a fair amount of time. Tell us about that and what went into that decision. Absolutely, um, uh, Cure Search. For those uh, of your of yours that don't know, Cure Search uh, is one of the most important um, not for profits that's raising money for pediatric cancer. Um, uh, my wife and I, and, and one of my twin daughters, uh, had an experience with a, a friend of hers in school when she was in grade school, uh, who had a terrible form of pediatric cancer, and who passed away from it while they were still very young. Um, left a very strong mark on our daughter and, and absolutely on us. And uh, when I first was contacted by uh, the Cure Search board, and they were looking for somebody with a lot of media and marketing and advertising experience, and all I could think about was this uh, this girl, Talia, this experience. And one of the very important things that Cure Search does is directly related to this type of cancer. It almost seemed like like it was providence. There was, there was a reason why all of a sudden they reached out to say, is there something you could do to help us out? So I jumped on board a couple of years ago, and for the last two years, as, as we all are, you know, when you're working in a public company, you put in your 65 hours a week or whatever, and there's just not a lot of time left other than quarterly Cure Search board meetings. So you said it. I'm so excited to have control over my time. I can have two hours a day to work on Cure Search. It's 100% my call, and I, and I love that. And that's a wonderful call you're making. By the way, um, I had uh, the privilege of having the CEO, Kay Keeler, on the program of Cure Search, a remarkable woman. I, I can, I can uh, only say that our listeners here that have a heart for giving, they should go check out the fine work that Cure Search is doing. And uh, I think they'll, they'll, uh, it's a good place to put some of those, uh, those I'll call them investment dollars into the nonprofit. And speaking of that, um, you got Cure Search going on. That's the whole nonprofit world—a very actually big world, big opportunity for people. Are there uh, is there room for other nonprofits in the mission of KPI? I think there have to be. Um, I can tell you that almost every person I speak to who's my age and has had uh, the blessing, the good fortune to have a good couple of decades in business, 
we all come to this conclusion that we have uh, worked hard and we've made money and it's been very exciting, very fulfilling. And we need to devote some por portion of all that learning, all that education that we got in business to something besides making another dollar. So to me, 25% of KPI uh, should at minimum 25% should be working on projects that are going to be not-for-profit. It just, it has to be. We can do just fine making 75% of our projects ones that actually produce a profit. So that's that's part of the uh, that's part of the marketing strategy for the overall companies to have a 25% focus on not-for-profits and charitables. Um, if we don't do it now, you know, when we're young and healthy and have 35 years of great experience, then what the hell are we waiting for? Really proud of you, man. That is a absolute. You do it worthy, too, brother. Worthy. Yeah, I'm. I listen. We uh, we do what we can, you know, and uh, it's uh, it's wonderful to see you uh, being able to contribute a, a big chunk of your company time to uh, making the world a better place and helping those that are in need. So I'm really really proud of that, and and I'm sure uh, KPI is going to do great things for a lot of folks. Uh, so let's dovetail quickly into that pr part of that program I love to talk about, which is those gap moments, which our type A personalities uh, really sometimes need to focus. <laughs> you are better at this than, my, than me, my friend. You, you, were, you have a lot of big vacations and stuff like that. Uh, and you know, I got so busy sometimes that I had to find those little gaps of time each day that would bring joy to my life and appreciation that uh, would uh, keep me fueled. I'd like to hear about your gap moments. And we got two minutes, so uh, we got plenty of time. This has been a very, very nice, uh, nice program. So tell me about those gap moments for you. How do you find joy in your life, my friend? Oh, you bet. Uh, and how it's changed since I, I left the big corporate world. Back, back then, the gap moment was giving uh, uh, my daughter a hug before I left for another endless plane flight. And even just having that 20 minutes that breakfast with, with her was a gap moment. But when the work stopped, um, having three young girls uh, and a wife, who also has a very, very uh, busy and success, successful career. Um, I, I soaked up every moment. Uh, we have a, a house up in the country, which is where we are now. I soaked up every moment to just be up here with them, whatever they want to do. You want to roll in the leaves. You want to take a walk to the lake. You want to learn to do this. You want to go into town. Any moment you could get with your kids on the weekends when you didn't have to be in an office or on a plane or, you know, or, or in the airport. Um, that's always been the biggest one. I'd say the other one, We've uh, we've been lucky. Uh, both my wife and I, Celeste and I, uh, did a lot of traveling before we had our families, and we didn't want to give that up. So from the time they were about two years old, they, they were on planes and going wherever we all wanted to go as a family. Those are unforgettable. There's there's that period that just a couple of period each year of vacation time as a family that I will never forget. If there weren't a, if there weren't a photo album around, I still wouldn't forget all those memories. Those are huge. Um, and every now and then you find a little time. For yourself too, I've never played guitar as well as I wanted to, and I, and I and I love having more time to do that. I love having time to exercise and run and be on the elliptical on a daily basis, as opposed to you know in a hotel room when I've got time between two meetings. So those those things are all important, but it all starts with it starts with the kids and and the time with my wife right now. That's fantastic. And, you know, you got the perfect place for gap moments up there in that guitar around that fire pit. Uh, I've had the privilege and the joy of being able to experience that with your incredible family. And I hope to do it again sometime really, really soon. Dave, this really wraps it up. I mean, I'm, uh, I've just enjoyed spending my time with media mogul Dave Kubek. And uh, it's fun to call Do you I that, my friend. <laughs> You, you can any day. Do I have five seconds? You have five seconds. Go ahead. Okay. I know I don't get to interview you, but I got to tell you, the first couple times I saw your show, 
the fact that you're taking this much time to prepare and shoot these shows, also that you can give a younger person going into business a better head to how to handle it and a sense of mentorship through this format. Beautiful, buddy. Well done. Thank proud you. Of you. This is Dave Brisky. This ends Brisky Business. Thank you, my friend. Cheers, buddy.